this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Nourishing yourself by doing things you enjoy more often, doing activities, reading books, experiencing new places and things that stretch you past your current capacity. Like having a fearlessness of walking into something and not already knowing what it is or being an expert and being open to being a novice, being open to being taught. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. So today I am joined by the one and only Debbie Brown. After a decade of Debbie working in the entertainment industry as a radio and television host, Debbie finally answered her calling to become an advocate for women of color in wellness. As a Chopra certified meditation teacher, spiritual psychology practitioner, Reiki healer, wellness educator, and author, Debbie's company, Karma Bliss, is devoted to spiritual connection meant to aid the healing of generational trauma. Through her best-selling book, Crystal Bliss, her signature self-care challenges, and her podcast, Dropping Gems, Debbie's work is rooted in sharing tangible healing modalities to support women of color in the journey of emotional growth and radical self-help. And today I'm excited to have her with us today. So Debbie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. That sounded so good. It's always so funny hearing your life read back to you. <laughs> well, Great you to are be here. good. And yeah, you are good. And that's what I really wanted to start with. Where did this journey into really being able to find your calling of being an advocate for women of color begin for you? You know, life is so interesting because when we think about what our purpose is, our purpose is always evolving. And the root of our purpose is really what is our unique gift? What is our God-given gift that we can do effortlessly? And how can we then infuse that in whatever work we're called to do? So that technically means that whether you work in the food industry, you know, the restaurant business, or whether you work in retail or whether you work in, you know, radio or anything like my, my destiny could be the same. And I could just be sharing it in different forms as a career or as a role that I play in my life. So when I got, I kind of started in entertainment when I was around 18 born and raised in LA, had a great opportunity while I was in college out here to get on at a radio station, which kind of just turned into me doing things really fast by, you know, I think by 23, I was one of the only, um, one of the youngest women music directors in the country. And I'm, you know, interviewing everybody and doing all of this stuff. And that's where I got the root of understanding my skill sets and understanding my gift. Like my gift, I view as my ability to relate and communicate. And I could do that through media, which I did. But then I found as I was in the midst of that, I just felt like my life was supposed to be more full. And I don't mean full in the way that you know, I have so many things to do or full like, oh, I'm doing all of this popping stuff and I'm, you know, doing it for the gram. It's like, I felt like I needed to nourish my spirit more. I wanted to feel like my life mattered in more than just a surface level way, in more than just an entertaining way um, or a way that people could project 
onto me. Um, and so that kind of made me do a deep dive in my spiritual journey. And I've always been led to stuff like this. I'm an only child, raised by a single parent, grew up in the melting pot world of Los Angeles. So I've always been very open to other things in life. And I've always been really intrigued and curious, deeply curious. So for me, my natural state was kind of going deeper. I'm used to being in my own head. I'm used to being a deep feeler. Um, and so when I when I found myself getting a little burned out from working in entertainment, I just really leaned on the root of what I knew to be true, the, the root of my natural characteristics, which are very investigative, very gentle, very um, supportive and desired growth in all levels. And I leaned into that and I ended up going on, you know, many, many spiritual retreats and spiritual journeys and connecting deeply to meditation and mindfulness. And, you know, from working in radio, my core demographic was African-American women. I'm an African-American woman, you know. Um, I'm very used to being in my community. And I started noticing that as I was connecting through my radio audience and sharing all of these things that I was learning, number one, how new a lot of these concepts were to a lot of my listeners, a lot of my supporters, but also how much everyone wanted to know about it. You know, how deeply people wanted to have the opportunity to access more joy, to access more peace, to infuse their day-to-day -day life with a little more nourishment and a little more flexibility as women to be multi-hyphenate, to be multi-dimensional, to not be stuck in a box. And so from there, as I continue journeying and growing myself, I just kind of started really effortlessly and seamlessly plugging in the things that I was identifying and seeing into my work. Um, and it changed the trajectory of my life because initially my goal when I left radio was like, you know, I want to, I want to lead people in meditation. I want to work in mindfulness. I want to share crystals. I want to share, you know, all of the metaphysical stuff. And then I started really reasoning, realizing the very deep and profound need for healing of generational trauma in my community, like the very real, real need for us standing in the fullness of who we are as women, being able to unlock and unlearn all the things that had been put on us for generations and generations, um, and being able to step out and create a completely new direction for our lives and for any family lineage that came from us. So beautiful, Debbie. And something that was just, I don't even know, a realization for me was when you just stated you can live your destiny, but just in different forms. And I think that mm. everyone's always trying to find like, wait, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And, you know, this is my path because I wouldn't be on any other path because, you know, God, God's got it all figured out anyway. But the way that you just put it, I've never heard it be said before. Mm -hmm. and it really needs to relax. And I think that it really would with others too. Um, and I see that huge shift, you know, in society these days, um, people are, doing more and trying to gain more in order to be more of themselves. And actually yeah. we're already ourselves. We are already um, enough on the inside and we already, you know, have everything in us. Um, so to be living out the purpose and the calling every single day. And I just love how you um, put that so beautifully. And I think that a huge part of what I see um, in society is that, we don't know that we all are already enough without all of this stuff. 
And yeah. I know you care so deeply about this. What advice would you give to women to really find out who they are without like all of this external validity that is really mm-hmm. trying to, you know, control what's going on? Yeah, such a such a beautiful, such a beautiful phrasing and beautiful question. You know, I think where we where we tend to struggle and cause our own suffering is really rooted in the fact that we experience so much of ourselves only in comparison to other people or other things. And so with that also comes this unneeded pressure of purpose. You know, it's like now because purpose is such an on-trend word, mindfulness is so on-trend. It's like all about I'm living my purpose or, you know, you got all you got to do is find your purpose, girl. And it's like, well, our purpose is very much the journey of our lifetime, right? It's not something that you're necessarily going to figure out fully at the end of one vision board session. You know, it's something that we are continually surrendering to and refining ourselves for. But I think it gets so tricky, especially for women, because one, we've been dealt such a challenging hand since the dawn of time. You know, it's like we, society has been shaped to really hate women. And I don't mean hate in the sense that like people are walking around cussing you out all the time, right? But I mean, Mm -hmm. in the sense that we have been gaslit from the dawn of history, right? It's like on one hand- be, be feminine, be a divine feminine, and you should be there for your family, and you should be cleaning up behind everybody, and you should be there for your husband, and you should be quiet, and you should be less of yourself, and you should be minimized and in a constant state of servitude and sacrifice, right? Then on the flip side, you're all those things, and then it's, you should be a boss B, you should be a career woman, you should have your own stuff, you should be independent. It's like we are constantly force-fed all of these opposing views, and it leads so many of us into states of deep depression, into states of being so disconnected from the essence of who we are, like very literally walking around this world, not knowing who you actually are, but thinking that by projecting this version of yourself, by being very polished, very well put together, having the right photographs, having the right, you know, captions, that that is enough to fill that void. Um, And it's, and it's not, and it shouldn't be, right? Because we are Mm. here, we exist to be these spiritual beings experiencing humanity. We exist to discover ourselves. We are not just here to serve. No one is. We have a right to legacy. We have a right to fulfilling our destiny and also getting help, getting help in the home. We are not meant to just be someone else's cheerleader or someone else's support system and and find this false righteousness and, and, Oh, look how, look how pious she is. Look how much she supports everyone else. Like, no, you are meant to support you too. And you're deserving of support too. And so I think where it gets really tricky, especially for younger women, especially depending on what family structure you came from or what you're feeding yourself, right? Because if you're only following certain pages, then your belief of your role as a woman is going to be completely different than if you are expanding yourself and pushing yourself to new experiences, new opportunities, to discovering the world. You know, something that I always say about myself is I deeply believe in exploring the world and exploring myself. 
in all moments, I want to be deeply curious about myself and deeply curious about the world around me. So, and you know, it's, it's, as I kind of stated at the beginning of this and girl, I get to talking. So just like, feel free to be like, okay, new question. Oh my gosh. I could <laughs> listen to you all day. And I think like you are just speaking directly to everyone's hearts. And you know, the reason why I love your work so much is because there is this subconscious abusive power um, that is set over women and it does come from you know generations and how the world used to work and we are honestly you know the very first generation that we actually do get to take a stand and we actually do get to yep. do something different um and i think that the i i do see a shift coming i know that it's a small shift compared you know and, and relative to to the world but i do see the shift happening i've really got hope in that and for women to do the work like you do for them to 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 break um the generational traumas and for the new generation to step up and then to be able to to pass something else down is is incredible. And I think that the women listening to this podcast, there's two things you just said. What's your family structure and what are you feeding yourself? Like, yeah. yes, your your beliefs are going to be formed from your your family. And you may have consciously, you know, desired to to change that and therefore live differently, but it's still subconsciously in you. And yeah. then second of all, what are you feeding yourself on a daily basis? Like, are you surrounding yourself with things that are making you look for that external validity? Or are you surrounding yourself with people and accounts and emails that are actually reminding you to focus in on yourself? And that's how you naturally will be able to, um, you know, overflow and flow into everyone else. So you just spoke like gold and directly to to my heart. So I know that whatever is most personal is universal. So um, thank you. Thank you. For that is you you put it in such a brand new way that I've never really heard before. Um, so it's it's really eye-opening for me. Something that you um also have said in a past uh, interview that I picked up is that women really have to be reminded to do their own work. And yeah. as you said just before, like you know, we're constantly being bombarded with okay, are we the supporter? Are we the cheerleader? Are we the boss? Are we the mom? Like, how, how is this all gonna happen? And you encourage women to focus their energy on themselves in order to have that overflow. So how do you recommend that women really start to shift into focusing their energy on themselves? And what are a few things um, that they can do in order to start this? I think for sure it's it's starting with coming into a space of gentleness for yourself, you know, really coming into a space of non-judgment of yourself. And it's, it's easier said than done. It takes quite a bit of practice, but just being able to observe yourself and your thoughts and not have it have to mean something about you at a core level or have to mean something about someone else at a core level. You know, I think um, obviously we're, the world is hard on us, but we're harder on ourselves than anyone else because we are so caught up in very um, comparative characteristics a lot of the time. I think that it's important to really start nourishing yourself by doing things you enjoy more often. And I would really push people to not to look past some of the more superficial likes and dislikes, right? So I'm not just talking about sitting and binge watching a show that you love. I'm not talking about going shopping. I'm not talking about feeding yourself with more materialistic items or feeding yourself mm -hmm. with things that don't actually encourage growth. I mean, doing activities, reading books, 
books, experiencing new places and things that stretch you past your current capacity. Like having a fearlessness of walking into something and not already knowing what it is or being an expert and being open to being a novice, being open to things being new, being open to being taught. You know, um, I'm somebody that I I worked in entertainment for about 13 years, right? Um, I've been to every kind of award show possible. I've worked and had a TV show on MTV, on Sirius XM. I lived in New York and did it by, you know, got my career through a lot of hard work, a lot of no's, a lot of sacrifice. I moved all around the country for work. Um, And even though I have like all those years of expertise, I walk in rooms open to learning every single time. You can be both someone that knows a lot of great stuff and somebody that is open to being taught. And I think that a lot of times for women, especially when it comes to perhaps starting something new, there is this fear of being seen at the starting point, whether that's just being on a spiritual journey or starting a new business. It's like this this undue pressure of having to already be a success. And there is beauty in the journey, you know? And that's a fear that I had. I came from a very big career that, you know, I came from doing really cool stuff and and having big opportunities. And I'm then I came into a completely new career where I had to start from scratch after 13 years of existing at a very high level. That, you know, it was humbling. That was hard. But I knew that I needed that. I knew that I needed that to actually become an expert in this space. I knew that the work is the most important, not the presentation of myself. So I invested those man hours, right? Like I had a natural intuitive knack for this world and I had my own spiritual practice. But then I also surrendered to like investing so much in education. You know, like the past seven years, I've been gaining certifications and different things. I've been taking courses, taking classes, finding ways to continually teach myself. Um, So I say all that to say, that's a big piece of the puzzle too. When we think about what is our purpose? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to learn more about? Purpose is not you saying, oh my gosh, I'm really good at this. So I'm going to dedicate my life to it. And then that's it. It's No, you are constantly evolving and elevating yourself in this knowingness of what Mm -hmm. you experience to be true. And I think a great way to get at the beginning stages of that, you know, I know originally I shared like pushing yourself past your comfort zone, diving into new experiences, diving into new conversations, listening, listening to podcasts that you normally wouldn't, right? Like just getting new perspectives to get your sacred creativity working, to get your mind churning. But then it's also really investing in a daily, I like to call it a daily spiritual practice, but it can just be called a daily practice. You know, I know for some people, depending on your religious background or depending on, you know, your belief system, it's like, ooh, spirituality. But I think, you know, if you invest time for yourself, but real time, not not in a superficial way, it isn't just about, you know, self-care is having the bath balm in your bath or self-care is skincare or self-care is shopping. It's like, you know, self-care is like reading nourishing books that expand your heart and expand your mind. Self-care is journaling. Self-care is excavating the pieces of you that maybe you're scared for other people to look at and embracing Mm -hmm. those parts of yourself, you know? So I think that for people really who are looking, whether or not it's to have a spiritual transformation, I mean, that's going to happen anyway, but people that are really looking to grow their lives 
to expand themselves past what is their current experience, start by dedicating a minimum of 20 to 45 minutes a morning to yourself at some point, waking up early for it if you have to, and just nourishing yourself. To do that, you want to center on like the four pillars of wholeness, which are mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Try to do something every day, no matter how small, that fills each one of those categories. And the physical doesn't necessarily have to be like a killer workout, though it can be. It could just be yoga stretches on your own, right? Or just like kind of like embracing yourself a little more, feeling your own physical touch and really reuniting with yourself in that way. It could mean, you know, the emotional, it could mean journaling and writing about things that you don't want other people to know. It could be, you know, just really being able to allow yourself to cry when you need to and not judging yourself for it and not trying to spiritual bypass by rushing through it, allowing yourself to feel, you know, the mental could be reading a nourishing book. A great place to start for me was, um, the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra, or, you know, another book that I love to read every day is Conversations with God. Um, finding something that feeds you, that fuels you. Um, I think, you know, mental, I think, am I still on mental? So mental could be journaling, um, emotional and spiritual. So that could be spending moments in prayer. That could be meditation. You know, um, if, if, just kind of sitting in silence and stillness scares you. Um, first, it shouldn't because that's just you being with yourself, you know, so that's an area to look if that's difficult for you. Why is it so hard for you to spend time with you? You know, what pieces of you have you been avoiding? Um, but that could also mean guided meditations, right? Like doing a meditation challenge, downloading the app Simple Habit, and just dedicating five minutes to being led while you sit still, you know? But everything else will naturally and effortlessly fall into place when you dedicate time each day to nourishing yourself in those four, four ways. Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy, are now open. I know, exciting times. This is a six months coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months, and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high-level coaching and mentoring from me, myself, and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split into three departments, reality, riches, and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you. Yeah, I hear that you have to be available for the evolution 
and you have to be able to experience new things in order to actually expand and allow yourself to experience before that you feel that you have to have the the expansion you know what you said about um you know the 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 fear kind of of being seen at the starting point like embrace that more um i know you know clients of mine always compare their very start to maybe you know my middle and then i compare my start um to you know expert experts middles and ends so it's all so relative and i think not just constantly reminding yourself to um to fill yourself up, but reminding yourself that wherever you are right now is the place that you're supposed to be. And you can be vulnerable in that. And that's the only way you um, will learn and will grow and will evolve, like you said. So you just say it in the most beautiful ways. You're absolutely dropping gems, by the way. If you want more of these <laughs> gems, make sure that you do go and check out Debbie's podcast, Dropping um, Gems. So Debbie, these four um, pillars, it's something that I practice every single day and it is my non-negotiable. I don't feel like I could function without it. Um, yeah. But during this crazy time of COVID-19 where we've really been forced to slow it down and I'm okay with that, I'm, en- I'm enjoying it. At the same time, I can set myself up in the morning, but I don't know if you've been feeling this, but there's been this like collective heaviness and mm-hmm. I feel like I like outburst with like overwhelm in like really short, you know, short peaks. And, you know, I, I'm a person that can definitely, um, get overwhelmed, but I don't get, I don't get easily overwhelmed because I am conscious and I, I, I do, um, you know, really put a lot of time and energy into the thoughts that I do feel, but you know, th- there's some things that you definitely can't control. So yeah. I know that that probably just isn't me at the moment. Um, and, I feel like I feel like it isn't, but you know, guys, if you're listening to this and just want to reassure me, send me a direct message. That's <laughs> totally cool as well. Um, but what would you say your like three tips would be for when someone is in that uncertain or fearful or overwhelmed spike of a place for them to be able to kind of just take a take a deep deep breath and actually get out of it? Yeah. So great question. You have to do more of your practice because even if you have one every day, and this goes for myself too, you know, when, when lockdown happened, first happened here in LA, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert meditator at this point. I'm somebody that is like a warrior when it comes to spiritual practice, but I'm also just a human being. I'm just a person, right? So I started feeling wildly overwhelmed. I had a lot of anxiousness in my spirit. There was a lot of fear that was building up. And so I realized I got to do more of this. My daily routine is not enough for this moment in history. And so I just had to ramp up my Mm. practice. I had to do, you know, I have a morning routine now and an evening routine throughout the day, like in between client sessions for myself, even if I only have a couple of minutes, I race myself outside and I go feel sunshine on my face. I get grounded. I sit on the ground, even if it's just for a couple minutes. And I do it several times throughout the day. Um, and so I would say the best way to do that is keep doing what you're doing. Just ramp it up a little bit and maybe add a little bit more to it. So for everybody, um, I would definitely recommend, as I said, doing that spiritual practice. I would say really do rituals of getting grounded. And that can be as simple as going outside if it's safe and available, finding a patch of grass, taking your shoes off, planting your feet to get grounded, sitting down, letting, you know, really envisioning your root chakra at the base of your spine 
going into the earth underneath you, going in through the earth's crust and branching out and really visualizing yourself being calm and rooted, focusing on your breathing. You know, look up some videos on YouTube of pranayama, practice some pranic breathing techniques. That is the surefire way to start feeling better. I start and end my day with that. And I have several moments throughout the day where I practice that, which is really just very observational focused breathing. So taking in a deep breath through your nose all the way in and envisioning your lungs just stretching open, your heart expanding, holding that breath in for a few moments, releasing it with a lion's breath, a sigh through your mouth, like, and doing that several times in succession throughout the day. Great way to get grounded, great way to get reconnected with yourself. Um, I would also say like giving your feelings a voice, you know, like really whether that's through journaling or just spending moments with yourself and saying, I feel scared. I feel unsure. You know, our our emotions have so much power when we're too fearful to give them words, when we're too fearful to expand our emotional vocabulary, when we're too fearful to say how we feel out loud, then they literally have the power to take over your life and turn into something toxic, where the moment you release what that feeling is, the moment you stand in your truth of that moment, whatever that looks and feels like, you immediately alleviate yourself of some of that burden. And you're also teaching yourself to trust yourself. You're teaching yourself to honor yourself. And the more you do that, the more you effortlessly expand and grow and are able to embody the most authentic version of who you are, the most powerful version of who you are. So I think right now it's like we have to be so gentle with ourselves, feeling scared, feeling overwhelmed, feeling pissed. That's we're human beings, duh. Like that's normal, that's natural. So just leaning into that and not letting it stay the night, but letting those feelings visit, you know, and then working to release them. And something as simple as saying, you know what? I'm observing that I'm lashing out right now. Why am I lashing out? Why am I feeling frantic? I'm feeling frantic because I'm scared. I'm feeling frantic because I'm stressed out. I have too much on my plate. I'm feeling frantic because, you know, I'm I'm annoyed. I haven't voiced how I feel with the people in my life, you know, um, and just observing it. That's how we dissolve it. That's how we move past it. We have to acknowledge those feelings. We can't keep trying to push them down for the sake of positivity, you know, like being being your highest self is not the same as being positive. Being positive is just like, it's a projection, it's a preference, but it doesn't mean you've done the work or are doing the work. Oftentimes people that are overly positive are people that are avoiding themselves and putting on a caricature of who they are. Whereas if mm. we allow ourselves to feel, that means, yeah, we could be really positive most of the time. I am like, probably annoyingly optimistic to most people in my life. Like I am somebody that is naturally, my resting face is enthusiasm. I'm somebody that is naturally very excited and happy and enthusiastic about things. But that doesn't mean that I'm also not a shark when it comes to business. That doesn't mean that I'm also not always setting healthy boundaries and choosing and honoring myself first, you know? Mm. It's more when you said about like acknowledging the emotions. I think sometimes it can also be like admitting them for, to, to yourself. You know, something that my podcast listeners have been um, hearing from me is throughout this whole time, um, the three words for me have been 
feel the emotion, focus back and have the, have the faith. And yeah. uh, I canceled my wedding at, at the start of April and it was supposed to take place in June. And oh, wow. because my logic brain's like, okay, everything happens for a reason and God's got my best intentions at heart and there must be a way bigger plan. You're right. Like I, I definitely allowed myself to, to go into the, the positive thinking in order to actually feel better. But then on the 13th of May, actually, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I then was like, hey, it's supposed to be a month before my wedding today. And I felt like, all these emotions come up yeah. that I just was like, why didn't I just deal with them at, at the time? And I allowed myself to admit it to myself that like, hey, you know, you're upset and you're so disappointed and you're frustrated that, um, you know, you've had to cancel this incredible day that you put your all into uh, and you don't know when you're going to next be able to, to do it because of, you know, my partner's season, et cetera. So I love how you said it is because, you know, sometimes we can really go into, okay, positive thinking, whatever we think manifests, whatever we think manifests. But if we really think about it, the areas in our life that have manifested so beautifully are the places that we have been able to do the work. Um, yeah. So the, the way that you put it is just like, I saw it. So uh, I saw it so clear of like, Hey, yeah, there's definitely, um, there's definitely things that I need to not just be aware of, but acknowledge and admit to myself yeah. and to ride past it. Because you know what? And that's so beautiful. It can be both, you know, that's the thing that we forget. It's not one or the other. Nothing is ever mm -hmm. black or white. It's the yin and the yang. It's the light and the shadow. It's a mixture of both at once. And I think, we can have both. We can say to ourselves, dang, this is so disappointing. Like I really wanted to be with my friends and family and celebrate my union with the person that I love and all the hard work that I put into this. This sucks. This sucks. And, you know, in this moment, I'm just going to surrender to what is I'm going to surrender mm. to what is, and I'm going to trust that timing is perfect. Timing is divine. And I'm going to mm. allow myself to feel disappointed and grieve my vision of how this year was going to go. But I'm also going to surrender to all the unseen and unknown things that I can't control. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can feel disappointed now, but that time will come. And when that day comes, what a story this will be. You know, yep. you can be both Absolutely. at the exact same time. You can be, and, and that's the thing. That's our natural human trait anyways. It's like compartmentalizing. You can be terrified and excited at the same time. You can be True. grieving and optimistic at the same time. Like we are created to experience opposites in all moments. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like mm -hmm. when you're a kid, if you had a very strict household, you longed for a life of more freedom, right? And so you're probably going to raise your kids with way more freedom. Or if you were raised in a household where you had the fun mom and it was a little bit too free-flowing, you craved structure. So when you have your kids, you're probably going to be a little more strict. It's our human nature to crave our opposites, our opposing experiences. And so I think that we have to embrace that natural kind of wiring that we have biologically, embrace it. And we can be both at all times. I can be pissed off at somebody and I can still love them, right? Like mm -hmm. I can be angry and I can also hold space for love and compassion. 
Yes, yes, yes. Everyone's probably going like, mm-hmm, never saw it this way. Uh, it's so funny. Just before um, me and my partner were like having a to do, and he was like, we still love each other, right? And I was like, I mean, uh, yeah, I really love you with my, my heart right now. But, you know, in my, in my head, you're just annoying me. And I was like so conflicted <laughs> that I even said it. But it was so true. I was like, listen, that that's just it right now. Um, but it's true. You know, of course, you can't experience um, two yeah. emotions. I love that you did that. Yeah. I love that you did that because it's so powerful in relationships. It's like we can give voice to things and not stay stuck in it, right? Like we can have open conversations with our partners and say, you know what? I know my tone sounds like this. It's not because I'm mad at you. It's because this is a challenging conversation for me, or this is not the most pleasant conversation, but this doesn't mean that I don't support you. I don't love you. I don't see you. You know, I'm just, I need to express myself so I can be heard in this moment, you know? So I love that you did that because that's so important. Like we have to also show up to our relationships as our authentic selves. We are, to be human is to be complex. We are all layered. We all came to the table with so many life experiences thus far. We all interpret each other in a relationship differently based on those experiences that we brought to the table before we were with our partners. So it's just so important to allow yourself the freedom to emotionally expand in your relationships. You have to speak your truth. You have to share. And you can't be too caught up in what the other person's response is going to be. You have to honor yourself and your feelings. Otherwise, you start this cycle of self-betrayal that will pile on top of you so heavy that you could spend the rest of your life trying to find yourself through it, you know? So a a great way to, to honor your own feelings while still striving to be in harmony in your union is just to expand your emotional vocabulary. And that takes practice and that takes work. Reading the books, right? Like leaning in on a therapist, whether it's going by yourself or going as a couple, just so that you can learn enthusiastically to better support each other in challenging and difficult times and in challenging and difficult conversations. Yep. And, you know, people always think that, you know, therapy or relationship coaches are for people that are going through like a challenging and struggling time. And I also um, believe that, of course, that there is definitely a time and space for that. But there's also time and space for people just to to actually emotionally evolve and to be enthusiastic about about life and about their relationship and how to you know, beautifully be able to blend, um, you know, two individual people then together when you do co- do become um, one and in a partnership as, as well. So I just wanted to add that in there because I know it's something that people, yeah. um, people jump to. Something that you're super passionate about and I am so interested in, but I've just not, you know, got myself in. It's like when, you know, people may find each other attractive, but they just don't do anything about it. They, they feel like they could be missing out, right? That's so like, funny. <laughs> The crystal, the crystal game. Like, yeah, you've got to explain. This is so selfish of me, but I just feel like it could help someone out there too. Like, what am I missing out? Like, share with me why crystals are so special to you and why they are so important and why we all need to get our hands on them. You know, I love crystals. I, I love all things like healing. I'm very into ritual. And when I kind of started my journey, 
a lot of like the different like meditation retreats, silent retreats that I was traveling around to be a part of and learn, like you would just see crystals everywhere. And I was like, I just felt so pulled to them. And it reminded me of my childhood experience where I used to really love collecting crystals, collecting rocks from different places, not knowing what they were. They were just beautiful, right? And so that really connected me to this like childlike joy, this childlike play and curiosity. And so when I started coming into this like metaphysical world, that's when I really started learning about crystals and I started utilizing them as enhancements of the growth that I was doing. So something that I think is really important for people to hear is that if you like crystals, it doesn't mean crystals are a replacement for God, right? I think a lot of people who stand behind different belief systems are so terrified of the unknown that they create these false narratives around other people's practices and other people's experiences, right? So it's like, I've had people tell me that yoga is witchcraft. And it's like, have you ever even Googled yoga? Like you're coming up with such a strong opinion and such a visceral reaction. Have you actually read anything about it? So big advocate and people educating themselves, even on the things you have criticisms of, not saying that you have to change your beliefs, but at least know what it is that you hate, if that's what you hate, or that's what you're scared of. Amen, amen, amen to that. <laughs> but so crystals are, you know, I don't know anybody that worships crystals. I've never seen it. Um, but crystals are a beautiful, natural, energetic enhancement. It's scientifically proven that crystals have a frequency that can be felt by you if you're near them. Um, it's also been, I mean, that's why like pieces of quartz for centuries have been used in like watchmaking, right? Because the frequency of that is what helps to keep the watch balanced and keep it ticking and keep it going. I know many doctors and many holistic practitioners that utilize crystals for their healing capabilities. Now, this is not to be exchanged with a thought process of like, oh, it's like Harry Potter. It's a magic wand. It's like, you know, abracadabra, things are changed. No, you have to do the work. The work is you. The work is like what you're filling mm -hmm. yourself with, how you're showing up for yourself, how you're changing and expanding. But crystals are a great accompaniment to that. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of crystals from all over the world. All crystals are multiple millions of years old. So they have existed wow. on the earth as long as the earth has existed. So pretty much if you're picking up a crystal, there's a high probability that it's 100 million years old, like easily. Well, I don't know 100 million, but it's, you know, that it's very old. There, there were pieces of, there was a piece of crystal found in part of, um, part of Australia that was like supposed to be like 2 billion years old and it was buried in the earth's crust. And they just found this new crystal in the last couple of years. And so, you know, for me, I kind of think of the way that I experienced God is that before modern medicine came to be in the last hundred years, 150 years, he left things all over the world for our healing. He left all of these literally gems, all of these things, all of these pieces all over the earth. That's why for millions of years, we healed ourselves with plants. We healed ourselves with 
earth with soil. That's why for millions of years, we healed ourselves through what we ate and what we used on our bodies. Mm. You know, Cleopatra used to crush up pieces of, of lapis and use it as eyeshadow. You know, part of the reason why a lot of, we use a lot of jewelry and gems is because ancient healers and ancient royalty used to use them for their medical not their medical, excuse me, for their metaphysical properties. And they would adorn themselves with them to have that energy, not just for beauty. So there's such a deep, deep, deep history when it comes to crystals, but also they're fly. Like they're very beautiful. Like why not have them around? We spend money on trinkets and art. Why not, you know, also connect to nature and connect to the earth's goodness through utilizing having crystals near us. So I have have a great opportunity to be, I believe, the first woman of color to ever write a book on crystals. Um, I released that book about two and a half, three years ago. It's called Crystal Bliss. It's available in all bookstores, Amazon Prime, all of that. Um, But my deepest desire was I want to share knowledge of these crystals in a way that benefits modern women. So when you flip through the book, it's like, what are crystals for love? What are crystals for career? What are crystals for, you know, finding your purpose? What are crystals for grief? What are crystals for, you know, um, what's the other one I have? What are crystals for, you know, creating a, a harmony filled home, where to yeah. place them, where they're best utilized, how to cleanse them. You know, um, I think it's like have, a whole new world. Yes. We could have so many things in our toolboxes. You know, it's not just one thing. It's not just one book. It's not just yeah. one practice. It's not, you know, like we can create our own recipes of healing, our own recipes of our spiritual journey. And, you know, we pick up what resonates and then we leave what doesn't without judgment. Mm, yeah. So the themes of my podcast is really deepening into our reality and our relationships and our riches. Is there um, like a certain crystal or maybe two that you could recommend that we could maybe get our hands on for those three areas? Yes. So definitely. Um, so on my business website, which is karmabliss.com, we have amazing crystals. Um, also, my book is available there. But so I, for that, I would recommend, I mean, lapis is like my favorite, favorite, favorite crystal for relationships. Lapis is deeply connected to your third eye chakra and also to your throat chakra. So it's all about truthful communication. I have lapis everywhere. Lapis lazuli is what it's called. It's blue and it has little flecks of gold that are pyrite. And that crystal is also a very investigative show, uh, investigative stone. It really heightens your intuition. It really connects you to your deepest truth. And it also is a stone that's meant to really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a stone that is like known as a stone of relationship, as a stone of fidelity, as a stone of um, expansion. So that's a great stone to have everywhere. Um, especially like if you have any rituals with your partner where maybe like you have truth sessions with, with each other, or you have like heart connecting rituals that you do with one another. That's a great stone to keep with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan always of amethyst. I love amethyst because it's very abundantly mined. It's everywhere and you can find it at great price points. But it's also one of the most divine stones of them all and one that I feel to be deeply powerful. Amethyst is connected to your crown chakra. It's all about divinity. It's about breaking cycles, breaking old habits that don't serve you. In ancient times, um, 
like in the Renaissance era, people used to put pieces of amethyst inside their like goblets when they were drinking because it was known to help curb addiction and drunkenness. So it's a it's a great stone for people that maybe struggle with addictions, whether that's emotional addictions or, you know, perhaps drug addictions or alcohol addictions. Um, but that stone is really connected to divinity. It's all about really cultivating your intuition. It's about creating a channel between you and source, you and God, mm. you and the divine however you like to refer to that energy. Um, another stone that I really love is kyanite. Kyanite is typically blue. It's a great, like, emotionally nourishing stone. So it really helps you heal any past traumas. It helps you be vulnerable and expand your heart. Um, and I think I would say, like, an OG that most people know about is, like, a rose quartz. It's all about enhancing, like, self-love, uh, relationship love. But I I think for my final recommendation, I would say black tourmaline. And I actually have some really like huge chunks, um, raw chunks of it on the website right now. I only have a couple left, but I love that stone. And I put it like, I put it at my front gate. I put it at my front door. I sprinkle it everywhere because black tourmaline is all about protection. It protects you. It protects your home. It protects specifically from like obsessive thoughts from other people, um, psychic attacks, any negativity that is aimed at you. It really soaks that up for you and protects you from that. So I have that everywhere and, you know. Super grateful for sharing like all your expertise. By the way, you guys can go to karmabliss.com in order to get your hands on the crystals and also the book. Debbie, thank you so much for yes. your energy and all your time that you put into this and just your expertise and, and who you are and everything that you, you know, clearly have um, expanded your awareness on so much in life. And thank you just for sharing that awareness with us today. So I know that my podcast listeners are going to be all over you. So where can my podcast fan find more of you? Yes, just hit me up on every social media outlet. My um, handle is just at Debbie Brown. Um, my website, my personal website is DebbieBrown.com. You can check more of my story, more of my journey. Uh, and then my business website is KarmaBliss.com. So that's where we got the crystals. That's where we have the self-care challenges, the courses, the book, all of that. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Debbie. Podcast fam, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. You guys just continue to inspire and motivate and encourage me to continue to go, go, go. So I would love it as always if you could drop a direct message at isabellalevy.com and at Debbie Brown and share your biggest takeaway from this episode because we're not just about information, we're about transformation and we've got to absorb everything that we learn.